Welcome back to One Topic in Depth. This is the second episode of the show where we have one topic and we talk about it in depth, in detail. I am your host, Seth Cunningham, and thank everybody who's listening to the show today. I appreciate you tuning in and hearing what I have to say on various topics that we talk about each week for around 25 to 30 minutes. I would like to ask uh, all of the people listening today if you would please follow or subscribe on your preferred podcast. podcast platform, whether or not it's Spotify or Apple iTunes. We're on pretty much anywhere where you listen to podcasts. And I ask that you... Maybe give us a follow on at Speak Supreme, our Twitter account. We have updates and all kinds of information there that we would love for you to see. Uh, I am sorry. I'd like to apologize briefly, really quick, before we get into the episode. I'd like to apologize for not having the last two full-length Speak Supreme episodes out, the full episodes where Austin and I are talking. Uh, we've had some uh, technical issues that have prevented from us from getting those posted. Uh, hopefully, uh, we will get the next week. I think we've got that issue you figured out. Hopefully next week we'll begin uh, be able to get those posted for you. Without further ado, um, I'd like to be able to get into the episode. We have uh, an incredibly serious topic today and we have a lot of stuff to get into uh, and so we will do it. Uh, th- basically I'm going to start off by saying, well, uh, a fact. Throughout the existence of our country, as well as our development as people and as a society, our social structures have been in battle over equality and fair treatment for many groups of people across the world. Some battles have been won, and many battles are still being fought. So today we focus on one particular group and one particular battle. Today we break down the ongoing unfair and discriminatory practices toward women in which video game company Activision Blizzard has allegedly upheld for so long. If you're not someone who is super immersed or up to date in the video game world or just happen to not know the name, Activision Blizzard is one of the world's largest video game creators out there. They have over 9,500 employees and are behind many renowned franchises, a few of them being World of Warcraft, Diablo, Overwatch, as well as the Call of Duty franchise, video games that even if you don't play them, you've probably heard of, heard of at least few of them, if not all of them. They also have their hand in the e-game franchise, owning several teams, or sorry, e-sports uh, uh, kind of world. Uh, they have the Overwatch team as well as the Call of Duty team, um, and they are so large, in fact, that they're on the Fortune 500 and on the S&P 500. <clears throat> but as of July 21st, the Department of Fair Employment and Housing in the state of California has filed a lawsuit against this uh, entertainment icon, this giant Activision Blizzard and their subsidiaries regarding violations of the state's civil rights and equal pay laws, mainly toward women and marginalized groups. They're seeking to remedy and prevent and deter Activision's violations of the state's civil rights and equal pay laws to vindicate the rights of their females, employees, and the public interest of the state of California. Now, the lawsuit was filed in July, but the DFEH, the Department of Fair Employment and Housing, has been investigating this company for the last two years. And their investigations into the inner workings of the company found that they were in violations of civil rights laws regarding sex discrimination, sexual harassment, sexual assault, failure to resolve a misconduct in a meaningful and effective way, and honestly, a lot of other disturbing shit that we're going to have to get into into the episode. 
the company itself uh, is mainly headquartered in California, Activision Blizzard being based out of Santa Monica. Now, a, an important fact to notice or to note down is that California has the nation's strongest protections against anti-harassment, equal pay, and equal opportunity protections for employees, which makes it both odd and concerning that they were found to be in such dire violations and that they have allowed the culture of their company to evolve into something so, frankly, disgusting. Now, we're going to start off here by kind of going through what the lawsuit itself has to say, as well as the details <clears throat> into the inner workings of Activision Blizzard, Blizzard Entertainment Incorporated, Blizzard Publishing, and Does 1 through 10 Incorporated. The lawsuit sets the tone to their claims by painting a picture of a company that is host to a, quote, disgusting frat boy culture, being referred to as a breeding ground for harassment and discrimination against women. The incidents range anywhere from routine casual discrimination, whatever the hell that means, I don't know how discrimination can be casual, to full-on sexual assault and harassment. So in order to kind of set the frame here, we're going to go through some of information about how the company is run uh, and how specifically their ne negligence to issues and their uh, unwillingness to allow, or sorry, willingness to allow for such discrimination led to many situations and misconduct that has occurred and as far as we are concerned is still occurring to this day. Now, the lawsuit takes the position that sexism has plagued the video game industry for years and refers to the industry as a male-dominated one, despite large gross and female gaming, to the point where it's almost a 50-50 split. And with the uh, notion that sexism has plagued the video game industry for years, I fully agree. I mean, we all know, ever since the dang Atari came out, that it has been heavily pushed on... Uh, you know, it's always been geared, advertised, kind of pointed towards men. It's kind of been like a masculine, almost a toxic masculine thing for so long. And now, uh, over the last several years, female engagement with video games has fucking boomed. And it's not just a guy thing anymore. It's a joined community of millions of people from every different walk of life and every social niche. And even though the players of these games have started to evolve into a position of equality, that's not apparently the case with this company. In fact, out of the 9,500 employees that I mentioned earlier, only 20% of them are women, which is less than 2,000. That's like 1,900. And furthermore, the large majority of the larger part are mainly male and white. The executive positions have similar demographics to the rest of the staff, mostly male and white, incredibly difficult for women to get up into the executive staff. And the CEO position has always and continues to be held exclusively by white men. I'm going to say, I got to say, this right off the bat sets an incredibly dangerous precedent for fair treatment and inclusivity. You can't say on paper that you're all about diversity and then hire almost exclusively one subset of race and gender. But that's what Blizzard Incorporated apparently thinks making diversity a priority looks like. I disagree with him, but the lawsuit goes on further to explain that females rarely make it to top leadership within the company. And if they do, they receive a substantially lower salary a decre and decrease incentivized plan earning a lot lower than the American workers in chief roles. 
And the differential in pay doesn't just apply to chief roles either. In fact, the DEFH, the Department of Employment and Fair Housing, has found several examples that show a perpetual pattern in which women are paid significantly less than male counterparts for doing substantially similar work. The investigation found I can't speak today, discriminatory practices regarding pay, assignment, promotion, and other terms of employment which negatively impact employees. They receive less stock and pay opportunities. And as I've mentioned uh, before, the lawsuit documents provide multiple specific examples of this, of women receiving lesser treatment and significantly lower opportunities than their male counterparts. One specific example that I will go into because they list like uh, like nine or ten of them, so I'm not going to list all of them. I'll just go into a few, but one specific example describes a particular female employee who was assigned to a lower level despite qualification, was denied equal pay, was paid less, and was passed over for a promotion despite multiple factors suggesting she had earned it. This particular woman had very highly rated performance reviews. She had generated significantly more revenue in her marketing campaigns than her male counterpart, who, uh, for the record, did substantially similar work as defined by the civil rights laws, and she had ran almost twice as many marketing campaigns as that same male counterpart. Now, despite these many accomplishments, her male counterpart was invited to have monthly or sometimes even weekly one-on-one -on -one meetings with the vice president, an amenity she was not provided with and uh, unsurprisingly then was passed over for the promotion in favor of the male counterpart, to which she appeared more qualified. Now the next part, that's one thing, just the fact that there are clear examples and clear evidence of, sec of uh, uh, discrimination and pay, that's disturbing. But the more disturbing part, uh, the next part, comes directly from the lawsuit documents, quote, defendants have also fostered a pervasive, quote, fat boy workplace culture that continues to thrive. In the office, women are subjected to what's called cube crawls, in which male employees drink copious amounts of alcohol as they crawl their way through various cubicles in the office and engage in inappropriate behavior toward female employees. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I am pretty fairly certain, now I'm not a business owner, but I'm pretty fairly fucking certain that having a bar crawl style alcoholic event at an office at a place of business is not exactly the most professional and uh, not good way to go about things. Now I could be wrong on that, but I don't think so. It also states that it is common for male employees to come into the office hungover proud about it for some reason. I don't know how you can be proud about being hung over. That just means you're drinking too much. Playing video games for hours on end while delegating their responsibilities to female employees. So they'll come in sluggish and hung over. Instead of doing their jobs, they'll sit on the couch and play video games at work. And then they'll push their responsibilities, push their work onto these female employees as described in this lawsuit regularly engaging in sexual banter about previous encounters, explicit conversations about female bodies, as well as numerous jokes regarding rape, which I find absolutely unacceptable. That is, the jokes regarding rape, like they were just casually throwing it around the office and these people weren't terminated. Now, going into the, the next story here, uh, this one is a little more delicate, um, and we don't have a lot of information into the actual details of this, but uh, one female employee committed suicide during a business trip with a male supervisor 
who uh, they allegedly had a relationship, some sort of kind of rumored relationship going on. And the man, after the police investigated the situation, the male supervisor was found to have brought butt plugs and lubricant with some intention of trying to, to push the women into female, the female into sexual relationships. And <clears throat> we can't speak on that directly because we don't have all of the information. There are rumors that uh, the male supervisor and the female employee had some kind of relationship. There may have even been some evidence that like pictures of her genitals were being passed around the office. And if that is the case, this entire company should just be shut down. That is absolutely unacceptable. But we do not have all of the information into that specific case. Now, this frat boy culture is further described as a breeding ground for sexual harassment and sexist discrimination. Women in this workplace are allegedly subjected to constant sexual harassment, having to, quote, constantly fend off sexually charged comments and advances from their coworkers, uh, from the people who are there supposed to be working along and getting along with and being treated by treating them respectfully and professionally. Executives themselves are said to engage in blatant sexually abusive behavior while simultaneously receiving no repercussions on a corporate level. Many complaints about sexual harassment have been filed regarding sexual harassment, discrimination, and retaliation to human resources. And executives, even including the Activision Entertainment President J. Allen Brack, to absolutely no avail. The company has failed to take advantage effective measures to respond to these complaints. The women employees were apparently discouraged to complain as the human resources personnel was close to the alleged abusers. The internal investigation into the human resources department itself noted that there was a large lack of trust between employee and company and that uh, human resources was not held in high regard as to their effectiveness and willingness to actually help with going on. That's giant problem number two. It doesn't matter what policies you have on paper, what kind of things your company says that it does, what kind of uh, procedures you have set in place if your human resources department doesn't ever even start those procedures or if those procedures aren't actually effective in stopping these uh, this misconduct complaints were allegedly treated in an incredibly dismissive way and the content of complaints were not kept confidential now that's a huge deal uh, if you go and complain about something, if you were touched, if you were groped, if someone made an incredibly uncomfortable comment towards you, and you went to this department in which you are able to, in which you are supposed to be able to confidentially get this taken care of without having any of that come back on you, and then the person, the HR rep, goes and talks about you and gossips you and makes your situation at work even worse as a result of complaining, that's absolutely gross that's like just horrible like they have to rewrite the entire company they're gonna have to do a wipe out of this at this point then as a result of complaints women were subjected to retaliation full-on subject to retaliation such as being deprived of work on project unwillingly being transferred to other departments or you know terminated altogether with selected layoffs and I just don't really know what to make of that situation on its own. We're not even all the way through this yet. We're not even maybe even half 
way through this, and we are already seeing giant issues with the way that this company works. Now what I want to do is I want to read off the initial statement made by Activision Blizzard, the first thing they said in response to this. And then I'll go into the response that many of the company's employees had because the company's first statement regarding the lawsuit honestly made me a little bit sick to my stomach after having read and studied the case. And I think you'll see why after I read it, but here I go. The DFEH includes distorted and in many cases false descriptions of Blizzard's past. We have been extremely cooperative with the DFEH throughout their investigation, including providing them with extensive data and ample documentation. But they refused to inform us what issues they perceived. What issues they perceived. They were, were required by law to adequately investigate and to have good faith discussions with us to better understand and resolve any claims or concerns before going to litigation, but they failed to do so. Instead, they rushed into file an inaccurate complaint as well, uh, sorry, as we will dis demonstrate in court. We are sickened by the reprehensible conduct of the DFEH to drag into the complaint the tragic suicide whose passing has no bearing whatsoever on this case with no regard for her grieving family. While we find this behavior to be disgraceful and unprofessional, it is unfortunately an example of how they have conducted themselves throughout the course of their investigation. It is this type of irresponsible behavior from unaccountable state bureaucrats that are driving many of the state's best businesses out of California. The picture of DFEH paints is not the blizzard workplace of today. Over the past several years and continuing since the initial investigation started, we've made significant changes to address the company culture and reflect more diversity within our leadership teams. We've amplified internal programs and channels for employees to report violations, including the Ask List with a confidential integrity hotline, and introduced an employee relations team dedicating to investigating, dedicated to investigating employee concerns. We have strengthened our commitment to diversity, equity, and inclusion and combined our employee networks at a global level to provide additional support Employees must also undergo regular anti-harassment training and have done so for so many years. We've put tremendous effort into creating a fair and rewarding compensation packages and policies that reflect our culture and business, and we strive to pay all employees fairly for equal or substantially similar work. We take a variety of proactive steps to ensure that pay is driven by non-discriminatory factors. For example, we reward and compensate employees based on their performance, and we conduct extensive anti-discrimination training, including for those who are part of the compensation process. We are confident in our ability to demonstrate our practices as an equal opportunity employer that fosters a supportive, diverse, and inclusive workplace for our people, and we are committed to continuing this effort in the years to come. It is a shame that the DFEH did not want to engage with us on what they thought they were seeing in their investigation. End. So that's the first thing they said. Not any apology, no accountability taken. They literally just deny 
any involvement in perpetuating this behavior, nor acknowledge that any of the sexual assault or harassment happened or is a serious issue that indeed has taken place under their watch. Instead, they spent a large part of the statement trying to bash the DFEH for doing their job, trying to paint them as uncommunicative and unwilling to share with them what the company ever did wrong, nor allowing them the opportunity to rectify it. Even though, in the lawsuit, it states that the DFEH did attempt to resolve this issue without litigation. So their statement directly goes against what actually happened. Before filing the civil action, they required all parties, the DFEH required all parties to participate in mandatory dispute resolution that would be free of charge in an effort to resolve the issues without litiga litigation. The Department of Fair Employment and Housing specifically invited the defendants to participate in the mediation session with the department's internal dispute Re resolution division on July 1st, on July 2nd, and on July 15th, but the involved parties were unable to resolve the administrative complaints. So this more or less disproves the company's claim that the DFEH did not attempt to inform them or work with them on issues discovered during the initial investigation. Now we'll just go up here really quick. Uh, quick, we'll look at the last sentence in the statement, which I think is... They're really trying to put this passive-aggressive little statement to shift all of the blame they possibly can on the Department of Fair Employment Housing by saying, it is a shame that the DFEH did not want to engage with us on what they thought they were seeing in their investigation. So they're saying that they didn't do anything wrong, that the DFEH thought they were seeing something but didn't communicate with that, that with them. That by itself, I think, is really fucked up, right? And then even further up in the statement, they said it is this type of irresponsible behavior from unaccountable state bureaucrats that are driving many of the state's best businesses out of California. Another statement, they're like almost threatening that they're going to leave California because they're being, you know, sued for clear violations of civil rights laws. And then after that statement, they go on when they're listing all of the different kind of policies and stuff they have with the ask list and the confidentially, confidential integrity hotline. Whether, I've mentioned this earlier in the episode, whether or not you have it on paper that you are a fair company, whether or not you have procedures that are written down in which seem fair, none of that matters unless you actually follow through on those procedures, on those, integri on those confidential integrity hotlines, on the different things like that. So you can't really say that you're fair if you're just fair on paper. Kind of... I just don't understand that. So, after moving on here, after the company's public response to the lawsuit, 3,100, 3,100 of the roughly 9,500 employees, more than a quarter of their staff, signed an open letter to the company. And I have a quote from their letter saying, quote, we no longer trust that our leaders will place employee safety above their own interest. To claim this is a truly meritless and irresponsible lawsuit, while seeing so many current and former employees speak out about their own experiences regarding harassment and abuse, is simply unacceptable." End quote. More than a third of their employees were drastically disgusted by Activision Blizzard's unwillingness to admit it was wrong. 
So after that, on Wednesday the 28th of July, more than a few hundred employees and former company affiliates staged a walkout protest, staged a walkout, a protest demanding the company improve conditions for employees at the company, especially women and in particular women of color and transgender women, non-binary people and other marginalized groups. The employees are also calling for an end to mandatory arbitration in employee contracts, which, by the way, prevents workers from taking conflicts with their employer to court. So they're preventing these women from suing them if the company is unable, like when the company is negligent against their misconduct, these women aren't even able to sue the company. The state had to do it for them. And policies to improve representation of women in marginalized group. The publication of salary data and an audit of the company's by Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Task Force. Now, after all of this, after the company released a, statement, a, state, a dismissive statement, and after the company vice president described the investigation as truly meritless and irresponsible, and only after a third of their spa staff stood up and spoke against them, and after uh, 300 employees stood up and had a protest in California, that's, uh, that's when company CEO Bobby Kotick decided to step up and say the, quote, right thing. Here's what he said. We are fully committed to fostering a safe, inclusive, and rewarding environment for all of our employees around the world. We support their right to express their opinions and concerns in a safe and respectful manner without fear of retaliation. We know there are a variety of topics that need to be considered. The leadership team at Activision Blizzard is also committed to long-lasting change, listening and continuing the important work to create a safe and inclusive workplace that we can all be proud of. Now, that is right. That statement does make sense, and it is true, and that was the right thing to say if it was their first initial response, because that statement now falls on deaf ears, because they didn't bother to mention any of that stuff until they felt, absolute, until they, felt they absolutely needed to. Not because they actually want to rectify the situation and become more com committed to an equitable treatment. It's because mo a large part of their staff was pissed at them for being so shitty about how they responded to this, to being so, uh, so dismissive against it. All I gotta say is that's a little too little, a little too late, Bobby. This has me all kind of worked up, but to kind of wrap up here, because I don't have all the time in the world, we can clearly see that the world is against the company. Many popular streamer and several other video game companies have spoke up against their actions and against their negligence. This particular battle is far from over. We still have the trial, and I'm certain that there are way more developments on the story that are going to take place. So as always, I encourage you to keep up with, to date with this story. This is just the beginning, and I ask you to remain vigilant in demanding nothing but equal treatment and equity across the board in corporate America and in the world as a whole. We are a country, we as a country, are not done growing and we haven't progressed to where we need to be. And in order for us to do that, we as a people have to become more involved, aware and determined to end these practices once and for all. Thank you so much for listening to this uh, second episode of One Topic in Depth.
I always appreciate those who tune into the show and listen. I appreciate you, and I will see you next week for the full episode with Austin and I. Thank you, and have a good day.